This podcast may contain inaccurate information, bad language, and spoilers. When you've been cooped up indoors and quarantine bites, it's time for Agony Art Lockdown Lights. Welcome to Agony Art Lockdown Lights, the bite-sized version of the Agony Art podcast in which we try to solve your problems, not using our own brain power, but instead by telling you how those problems were solved in the great art of our age. And when we inevitably fail to solve those problems for you, at least we leave you with a fun reading, listening and watching list to enjoy in your spare time. Yes, we're still doing these sessions across the internet like futuristic robot men. My name is Aaron and I'm an author and an occasional reader of books. And I've got Carl, our fantastic film forager, and Liam, our meandering music maestro, here with me in our virtual studio to record Lockdown Lights, episode five. Say hello, lads. Greetings, audience. <laughs> we are robots from the future. Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> and a cowboy. <laughs> Is that like a, a robot cowboy like Westworld? Or just a standard cowboy? Just your standard oh. lovable rogue cowboy. Did you watch Westworld, Liam? I watched series one. I've not seen... There's been a second one, hasn't there? Yeah, um, I thought it had lost its way by the end of series one, to be honest. That's oh, really? I've never watched series <laughs> yeah. two. I watched, I watched series two, and um, it just got more and more ridiculous. Mm. So, uh, with everyone being stuck indoors, and having all this free time to, say, listen to podcasts, this should be our opportunity to grow ourselves into the world's most popular podcast because everyone's got time to listen to us so we need to have a brainstorming session lads how are we going to market ourselves to the top of the podcasting world right so i preempted this brainstorming session that you've just suggested off the cuff did you i did because <laughs> I, I thought to myself one day aaron's going to ask us this <laughs> and i took the liberty of doing a bit of googling doing a bit of research and I, thought, oh, yeah. so I was thinking to myself, well, what are the world's most successful podcasts? Um, so I was looking at the Spotify rankings, because you have to start somewhere, right? And I found some interesting things. So most, if not all, of the top five are either comedy podcasts or have some element of comedy in them. Ah, oh, so we should try that. We should <laughs> well, try to be funny. Should... <laughs> I think I think we, you know, assuming we are funny, which is a bit of an assumption... <laughs> we we might have got that bit nailed already. The 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 big thing we're lacking though is an audience. <laughs> the, the the second biggest thing we're lacking though <laughs> is uh, is having some celebrity aspect to it because most of the most popular podcasts have like you know people who are, were already famous when they started doing the podcast. So mm. I think what we really need is Aaron you to pull your finger out and write some better books. And become a famous author. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say we should start writing to random celebrities and asking them to come on. Yeah, that would have been a much kinder, <laughs> rational thing Especially to say. if they had a new album, film, or book out to promote, they could solve one of the problems with their own art. Oh, we should have thought about this a That'd long time idea, ago. Yeah. Everyone get your little black books out. Um, podcasts are like, they're like super successful, like... You know, Serial, and um, we've discussed it before, S Town Lee, which I'm listening to again because I like it so much at the moment. Like, they basically just kind of like follow a story, an interesting story that goes off on tangents, right? 
So maybe we should investigate something as a side podcast. Agony Art Investigates. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you investigate? What's what's? Uh, you got any ideas? Um, I don't know. Maybe there's a local shooting we can try and get to under the skin of or something. Yeah, I'm not really up for that. <laughs> uh, okay, well, those are okay ideas. <laughs> Maybe we have to spend a bit more time thinking about it. When I was thinking about the celebrity thing, we could start with a very low bar. So maybe, you know, someone like Barry from EastEnders. He, I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff, hasn't yeah. he? So. I bet, harking back to last week's episode, we could get someone from Married at First Sight Australia on here. <laughs> Definitely. What's up there, like Bronson? Someone that isn't really going to get insta-famous because they weren't yeah. featured enough, but, you know, just someone achievable for us. I think they've all got huge Instagram followings, but I'll give them a message. Maybe even if they have a lot of followers, if we message them and say, we'll give you a tenner to come on one of our episodes, they'll be like, oh, yeah, mate. <laughs> or just send them some healthcare products. That usually works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got a half-empty moisturiser on my desk right now. <laughs> we send you half a bottle of moisturiser. <laughs> I think we've got it down now. What halfway through looked like a bad brainstorming session turned out to be <laughs> pretty good brick. in the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do that. Uh, but for now, we've got an episode to record. So before we begin, I want to make it very clear that we're not really here to solve your life's hardest problems. All of our submissions are certified 100% trivial or fictional pickles. And our advice should almost never be followed. We're really only here to have fun, so if you're having a really hard time, I'd recommend going to our website for guidance on who to turn to. That's agonyartpodcast.com. So, now we've got that out of the way, let's get on with it. Here is our first problem this week. It's my birthday soon, and I want to organise a party, because I'm sick of following lockdown rules. I've had a hard year, and it's my birthday, so I think I deserve to see my family and have some fun. However, some of my friends are saying they wouldn't come and judging me as if I'm doing something wrong. Is it so bad to want to forget all this mess and let my hair down for one night? Ooh, this isn't going to go down well, is it? I mean, this problem is trivial, but... It's my birthday and whatever party is trivial, but the, the ramifications are far from trivial. Oh, we don't approve, writer. Let's think of a name for this person. Who don't we approve of? C-word. <laughs> uh, maybe not that far. <laughs> um, what about Moby Dickhead? Moby Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> How many references to old episodes should we be making? Oh, as many as possible. Because yeah. if people really care about finding out what they mean, they'll go and listen to the old episodes. <laughs> And also, if we keep mentioning them, we can like start making t-shirts and things, like Moby Dickhead yeah. t-shirts. And Don't be a Moby Dickhead. <laughs> and what does that look yeah. like? Is that just a person with a whale as a head? It's, it's a huge penis, <laughs> a huge white penis. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to associate with that sort of branding. <laughs> uh, well, you work on the merch, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> As we've discussed before, you're in charge of the merch. So. Can we do like that Harry Potter thing where they replaced um, the word wand with penis and like did an audio book of it? We could do Moby Dick, but Moby Penis said. <laughs> it's a penis, he said. A white penis. 
I think we've gone wrong. <laughs> this, this episode has taken a turn. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the problem. Yeah, we'll, we'll go straight on to solving this problem instead of uh, delving into Carl's problems. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I want to say to you, Moby, is that I really like The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. But people who don't like that book often say that it's because Holden Caulfield, the protagonist, is whiny and self-centred. People are not going to like you if you keep thinking that all of this is just happening to you. It's happening to everyone. We're all going through this and we will only get through it if we work together, we all follow the rules, we be responsible and we care about each other. So I recommend you read The Catcher in the Rye. Listen to that whiny voice and think, oh shit, that's what I sounded like when I wrote into that podcast. Wow. Copy Mike. That was uh, brutal. So I was going to start by saying I do, I think, you know, it's easy to empathise to some extent here. Because as you say, we've all had a hard time. And sometimes, you know, it's just like, oh, can't we just have one bit of fun? And, you know, you might be listening to uh, a lot of a lot of classic tunes um, around your birthday. You might even be listening to tunes with the word birthday in the title. And you might have been listening to uh, Stevie Wonder's 1980 hit, Happy Birthday, and listening to some of the lyrics in it and thinking, you know, he, Stevie Wonder would have my back here. It starts out, you know, it doesn't make much sense. There ought to be a law against anyone who takes offence at a day in your celebration. And I'm sure you would agree. What could fit more perfectly than to have a world party on the day you came to be? And you're probably listening to that and you're probably thinking, I do want a party on the day I came to be. It's my birthday. Well, what you might not know about this song (laughs) is that Stevie Wonder actually recorded it for a very noble cause. And ultimately it became a key part of the campaign to get Martin Luther King's birthday registered as a federal holiday in the US. And this is actually reflected in the lyrics later on. We know the key to unity of all people is in the dream that you had so long ago. And according to USA Today, it it culminated in Coretta Scott King, who was Martin Luther King's widow, and Stevie Wonder delivering a petition with six million signatures to the Speaker of the House. And uh, a year later, Ronald Reagan signed the bill and made the proposed holiday a reality. So, um, you know, with all that in mind, I think in my humble opinion, being the socially conscious legend that he is, I imagine Stevie Wonder would probably advise you to uh, not be so selfish, to to think about the safety of your friends and family and and stay indoors for, you know, what? let's face it, it's probably only going to be one more birthday at this stage. We're we're coming, coming to the end of everything, it seems, at the moment. I imagine Touchwood. Stevie Wonder would be very polite about it. He uh, he seems like a really nice bloke. He does. He is a legend. You're absolutely right. And I did not know any of what you just told me. <laughs> me <neither. laughs> the context we hear it in now is just at the end of birthday parties in yeah. village halls and stuff. <laughs> the DJ throws it on and everyone's like, happy birthday <laughs> to you. Um so that was really enlightening. Thanks, Liam. My mum told me when I was a kid that um, that song was the American... It was written for you. <laughs> she said, I think she said it was the American's version of just like, happy birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's way more upbeat. 
Yeah. So I'm going to do a little bit of scene setting. And uh, my example is um, 2004's Downfall, directed by Oliver Hirschbiegel, a German language film, subtitled. So, are you, are you going to uh, explain the plot in German? Yeah, bitter. <laughs> so um, the film is set during the final days of World War Two, mainly in Berlin, and in particular the War Slayer, Hitler's um, bunker, to survive the uh, shelling of Berlin. Uh, Berlin surrounded by the Western Allies and the shedding of the city begins on Hitler's 56th birthday. Hitler declared that the war will be won or he will be he will die in Berlin. Um, he issues orders for troops to stand and fight, no surrender or retreats. He orders the SS commander Felix Steiner to support the overwhelmed 9th Army in defending Berlin. He orders a scorched earth policy, which is General's question, as destroying German infrastructure would affect the citizens living outside of Berlin. But Hitler suggests that if they're left behind... They are weak and deserve death. What a prick. Yeah. I think we've discussed before on a previous episode that Hitler is one of one of, one of history's biggest pricks. I think we have, yeah. And you're kind of <laughs> you're treading on my theme here, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hitler learns that Steiner did not attack and because his unit was too weak. And he sees it as an act of betrayal, launches into a furious tirade, stating that everyone has failed him and denouncing his generals as cowards and traitors. And then finally acknowledging that... The war cannot be won. Oh, is this? Uh, is that the scene from the memes? Yeah, that yeah. it goes around every few years about something else. Like they'll put different subtitles on it. Yeah, the first one I usually saw was, football um, related. Yeah, it's a football <laughs> yeah. fantasy where it's like my Fuhrer, like Harry Kane's injured. And he's like, okay, don't worry, put Patrick Bamford in uh, to sport, and they'd be like, my Fuhrer, he's also injured, and then he goes on to a massive tirade. Yeah. Cover that. Yeah. <laughs> he then says that he will. He would rather commit suicide than leave Berlin. It all starts going pear-shaped for Hitler. Um, he receives a message from Luftwaffe, Chief Hermann Göring, requesting state leadership. Hitler declares Göring a traitor, ordering his dismissal from all posts, arrest and execution. Same for Himmler, two of his key second and third in command throughout the war. But what's that got to do with anything? Well, <laughs> Moby Dickhead, what you think is a good idea is actually a terrible idea. And Downfall shows us that terrible people and acting on their terrible ideas ends terribly. <laughs> so, yeah, stop being a Moby Dickhead. Like Hitler was a Moby Dickhead. And do he the was. right thing. He was, yeah. I think you're more of a, to be fair, Moby Dickhead, you're a more sympathetic character than Hitler. I'm not comparing him to <laughs> Hitler. No, but I can see what you're saying, Carl, yeah. yeah. This birthday party would be a bad idea. There's not much debate about that. So. And, you know... Hitler had a lot of people riding his way for many years, but even at this point where he's just being like a crazy autocratic wanker, um, <laughs> his friends are abandoning him. And, um, you know, if you, if Moby Dickhead does the same thing, like not the same thing Hitler did, but go through the party whilst we're on like the, the verge of um, normality, then maybe his friends would be like, oh, what a dickhead. Right to death, he just uh, decided to have a big party and he'd become a super spreader event and he Made it even worse. So. Imagine that. Imagine if you made it onto the news. Maybe Dickhead. Breaking news is maybe Dickhead's party. He's out of control. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I I suppose we've all had a go at Moby Dickhead. And maybe we should uh, kind of rein it in a little bit and say, we don't know how hard it has been for you specifically, Moby Dickhead. I know a lot of people have had it very hard, but... 
as Carl says, we're right at the end. The end is in sight. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Just be a little bit more patient. Let's all pull together and care about each other and we'll get there in the end. Do you agree, lads? Or do you think we should be absolutely hardline on this? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I agree. I think you were reasonable. You you changed your tune a little bit, though. You you came out of the gates and you were storming. It's like a... um, it's a bit like a shit sandwich. <laughs> you give someone a compliment, then you tell them your criticism and then give them a compliment again. I'm doing it. The bread is the horrible comments and the filling is the nice thing. Just before we sign off, I'm going to say something horrible. <laughs> Isn't that just a, a normal sandwich? The filling's the best bit. So would you have just filling then, Liam? Do you see the bread as just a means to hold the filling together? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Interesting. You do know that Aunt, uh, Aaron is a a new amateur baker, and you just like mugged him off massively. Well, <laughs> I've never tried one of Aaron's sandwiches. <laughs> That's true. My sourdough, Liam, knock your socks off. You'll be like, why have you put filling in this? Why have my socks come off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going well off topic. Maybe Dick head. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have your party because we're so close to the end. What you should do instead is just read, listen to and watch all of those things and then you'll pass the time and you'll forget it was even your birthday. Can you help me with my problem? I think that it might be a long shot. My problem is you see that no one Believes that I am not a robot. Executing procedure. Problem solving. Okay, let's move on to problem two. I've discovered over the past year working from home that I can get away with basically doing nothing in my job. I've got so much free time now that I've taken up a raft of new hobbies. How am I supposed to manage when we have to return to the office (laughs) post-Covid? Is this a problem for either of you guys? I know that Liam mentioned a couple of episodes ago that he has so many new hobbies that he might give some up. I wouldn't describe it as a raft, more of, more of a Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> you got more hobbies than this guy. That's why you had to close your list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I mentioned either, but one of the hobbies I'm cutting out is the podcast, so... <laughs> Liam has disconnected. <laughs> Should we think of a name for this person before we start slipping ourselves up? Who spends a lot of time on a raft? <laughs> Who's the guy from Castaway? Wilson. <laughs> Haven't we done Wilson already? <laughs> We've definitely spoken I've, about I've him. spoken about Castaway. But <laughs> he's, a, he's up there with James Brown. And <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the show, Wilson the volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wilson. Who's got some tips for Wilson? So I'm going to... I'm going to change my tune a little bit. I think you need to be a bit careful here. I mean, in the past, in the past, (laughs) I have been a big proponent. One of Liam's new hobbies is beatboxing. (laughs) (laughs) In the past, I've been a big proponent of the dramatic exit from work. And uh, I just wanted to temper that a bit today and paint a picture (laughs) of what could potentially go wrong if you decided that you know you you really didn't want to return to the office and you dug your heels in about it. So are you um trying to stop this absolute avalanche of people you've caused to be leaving their jobs <laughs> shouting take this job and shove it. 
Yeah, and what's the, what was the last one we had from a few weeks back? It was like, uh, um, don't don't back down. Yeah, was, uh... <laughs> so, so just you know, we're not problem solvers. We're not. <laughs> you shouldn't follow our, our advice. So here's a different angle on it. Picture the scene. You've just finished listening to some classic agony art, and you think to yourself, I am going to tell my boss to take his job and shove it. And you do. And a month or so passes, and you can't find any work. So you return to your old boss and your tail's between your legs. And she turns to you, and she says, Yeah, cry me a river. I am, of course, referring to... One of two Michael songs. Buble. Well, there you go. That's one of them. Um, the 1953 Crimea River, written by Arthur Hamilton, later covered by Michael Bublé, as you point out. Um, or 2002 Justin Timberlake Crimea River. Both have very similar themes. The singer's been hurt by an unfaithful ex. And one day the ex comes back into their lives and tells them that they're sorry and asks if they could try again. And the response in both cases is uh, is, is not positive. In, uh, in the Arthur Hamilton track, the lyrics go, Well, you can cry me a river. I cried a river over you. Timberlake, a bit more up to date, he says, I refuse. You must have me confused with some other guy. The bridges were burned. Now it's your turn to cry. Justin Timberlake, very angry about this. Really are very similar, aren't they, in theme? Yeah, and actually, really good news this week, because despite these similarities, we finally found a popular song that's similar to an older song that didn't involve a lawsuit. (laughs) (laughs) But there is some controversy recently over Crimea River by Justin Timberlake, isn't there? I was going to mention that. Thanks to Framing Britney Spears documentary. So I I've not seen the documentary and I did I was going to mention that there was some he never actually came out and said it but there was some like Im- implied stuff at the time that it was about her um so uh, maybe yeah. you can enlighten me Spears lookalike appears in the video Yeah as the other woman as the the girl It so. was all at a very difficult time in Britney's life when the media were kind of hounding her and her life wasn't very easy to live, and then he kind of brought that on her as well. The Right at the time when they'd broken up, he makes a video that has sort of a girl that looks like her in it, and the implication of the song is like, you cheated. It all helped the media machine paint her out to be a bad person at the time, which didn't help her, which is why there's controversy now, because... We realise just how hard Britney Britney's life has been. You should watch it, Liam. It is quite good. It's not it's not a fantastic documentary. It's all it's doesn't cover the subject broadly enough for me. I don't know what you thought of it, Carl, but I still thought it was no, yeah, very I agree. good. I think if you forget some of the actual kind of narrative and just see the way Britney was treated and like every she's just surrounded by media all the time. If it does anything, it makes you feel like, my God, it must be an absolute nightmare for you. Mm. So So I I mentioned very briefly this idea, and uh, in the Justin Timberlake song, the the lyric makes it quite stark. The bridges were burned, and and I think the advice here is you don't want to burn those bridges. So um, I would say 
think very carefully about what you want to do about this. Uh, maybe don't take previous agony art advice and dramatically <laughs> Which all exit came from you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read this as they want to quit their job. They just want to carry on getting away with not doing it. <laughs> don't deny Liam his stretches, Carl. No, <laughs> To be honest, Carl, I had the same (laughs) thought halfway through writing this stuff down, and I thought, it's a bit late now, I'm just going to roll with it. Too far (laughs) gone with it. (laughs) Um, So, um, this made me think of A Battle Boy from 2002, directed by Chris and Paul White. Um, Have you seen this film, Battle Boy? It's yes. the based on the Nick Hornby book, isn't it? It is indeed, very good. Um, and uh, Hugh Grant, is it? Sorry, Hugh Grant, yeah. Uh, he plays Will Freeman, um, who lives a serene and luxurious lifestyle, devoid of responsibility in London, thanks to substantial royalties left to him uh, from a successful Christmas song composed by his father, which is called uh, mm. Santa's Super Sleigh, I believe. <laughs> he does nothing except pursue hobbies, basically all day, which is watching daytime TV, playing his guitar and shopping, and buying CDs. And then one day, fate brings two people together. Uh, Marcus, played by Nicholas Holt, is being chased by bullies and he n- knocks on Will's door to escape them. And Will scares the bullies off. Uh, Marcus sees him as like a hero and a father figure because he's got um, no father in his life. And uh, he starts trying to go to Will's house every day, like just ring the doorbell until he lets him in. And Will obviously doesn't want this this thing to disrupt his perfect life. And he says, like his way of describing that is, he says, I am, I'm an island, I'm bloody Ibiza. So Marcus and his mum are having a hard time, money-wise, and just his mum's depressed. Uh, there's no, he's got no father figure. And uh, Will says, the thing is, a person's life is like a TV show. I was the star of The Will Show. And The Will Show wasn't an ensemble drama. Guests came and went, but I was a regular. It came down to me and me alone. If Marcus's mum couldn't manage her own show, if her ratings were falling, it was sad. But that was her problem. Ultimately, the whole single mum plot line was a bit complicated for me. Um, it gets a little bit uh, real when Marcus's mum attempts suicide. And, uh, there, but there is a funny line where um, Will says, It was horrible. Just horrible. But driving fast behind the ambulance was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Marcus sets on making his mum feel better. So what he does is he signs up for the talent show because his mum said to him in the past... Um, when you sing it brings sunshine and happiness into my heart he's about to do it Will says this is a terrible idea he's bullied already and this will be it for him basically his mum then kind of realises yeah that is the case so we better go and stop him so they race to the school but he's already on stage and so what Will does is um, he nicks a guitar and then he supports Marcus singing Killing Me Softly um, and then he really gets into it and then he shuts his eyes and he like kind of hums the last bit of it. He gets laughed out and someone throws an apple at him. And um, what he realises is that... <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> this has been like seven minutes and I'm waiting for the point. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. Um, he had loads of hobbies and he was on his own and he had a perfect life. But it turns out that he did care for people and these people kind of barge into his life or onto his island and um, he realised that he does need other people and he turns out that he wants not just an island on his own but he wants an archipelago and a collection of islands to link up and support each other. So he realises that just his little life and his hobbies wasn't enough and so I think you need to go back to work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. You need work because it's your support network. 
And it supports your hobbies, literally, because it's the only one that pays your bills. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I see your point, Carl. Yeah, we've been. It was we've, a long way, of, long yeah. way of getting there, but yeah. it was a long walk for a small glass of water. But, um... <laughs> okay, Aaron, can you actually offer some help? <laughs> <laughs> so Liam says, "Don't quit your job, despite the fact that I've told you to quit your job." <laughs> Carl says, "Watch about a boy, because you'll learn that your hobbies aren't everything, and..." Your support network is just as important. I'm going to say that I'll tell you a story from when I was a teenager. It involves Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> I used to be obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Properly obsessed. When we were about 13, I think, because I'd passed the 11 plus. Oh, well, we know how region. intelligent you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to go on about how intelligent I am, but... <laughs> Um, because we all passed that exam. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I passed that, so, someone that we knew asked me to tutor their child <laughs> in taking it. And so I used to tutor her, and they used to pay me in Buffy the Vampire Slayer merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of every session, they would load up Amazon or... Similar sites, other book sites, bookshop sites are available. And buy me Buffy uh, novels and uh, like informational books about. Um, that is you just know, nuts. <laughs> I know. Why not give you a tenner? Just do it yourself. <laughs> no. um, so there are well over 60 Buffy verse novels. And the reason I say over 60 is that. I was on the Wikipedia page counting them, and after 60, I just couldn't be bothered anymore. So <laughs> there are well over 60 of them. And as I say, in my early teens, I owned and read most of them. Now, one of my favourites at the time was Child of the Hunt by Christopher Golden and Nancy Holder. And it's one of the only two that I've kept. I got rid of the rest. I gave them to a charity shop. And in that one, she has to break a magical oath to defeat the Wild Hunt. Now, the Wild Hunt, is familiar to many people, but especially the Witcher fans. And in fact, it's motif number E501 in the motif index of folk literature. Now, I'm competing with Liam here with his <laughs> folk song index. <laughs> the motif index of folk literature is a catalogue of motifs from folklore composed by American folklorist Stith Thompson between 1938 Stiff and 1958. Thompson. Stiff. T-H. Oh, okay. Is that short or something? But if you want, I will show you my Stiff Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank God this is a podcast. <laughs> we can see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this motif index isn't made up of complete stories like your folk song index, Liam. Your folk song index. Your personal index. <laughs> he has to, to claim ownership of it, really, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Is made of songs. This isn't full stories. It's just the elements that commonly make up folk tales. And it's divided into sections like mythology, magic, taboo, the dead. And as I say, the Wild Hunt is one of those. But anyway, that's totally nothing to do with my point. I just wanted to... Throw in there that, you know, I've got an index as well. Liam, We've all got indexes, Liam. 
anyway, so that was one of my favourite ones. But as I say, there are over 60 of them. And she had seven TV series of adventures and one film. So she did all of this while she was supposed to be a high school student. No wonder her schoolwork suffered. Because it's exhausting to live a double life. And in the end, you're going to have to choose to focus on one or the other. And you're going to have to choose that when it's post-COVID. Um, what name did we come up with for this person? Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> what, did, what, did, Wilson. what did Buffy choose? Uh, well, Buffy, if she hadn't have chosen vampire slaying Carl, she chose <laughs> would have endangered really. the safety of the world. So okay. she had to focus on her hobby. So but... she's seriously you know, un- uneducated then? <laughs> did she pass her level plus? Thick as shit, but... <laughs> is, is vampire slaying really a hobby? I thought a hobby was supposed to be something that's like, you know, enjoyable. Well, a vocation, isn't it? Yeah, we've discussed vocations on the podcast before, and <laughs> the problem with vampire slaying is that no one pays you for it. Mm. So I don't know how Buffy's paying her bills, but that's the point, isn't it, Wilson? When you go back to work, you're going to have to decide, are my hobbies more important than this job? Because this job pays my bills, and those hobbies don't. Unless they do, or unless you're saving the world by doing your hobby, maybe you need to think about it, Wilson. That's my point. Yeah, that's I don't think point. any of us have really provided help, <laughs> have we? I've <laughs> done a shit job of this world. Because the point is obvious, isn't it, anyway? I mean, on the plus side, this is a very trivial problem, and we do like those. Yeah. yeah. It allows us to go off on a tangent that we like, isn't it? Yeah, I think we've had some good tangents there, guys. I think this is top quality podcasting. I think this hobby could go... Uh... <laughs> should we quit our jobs and pursue our hobby only? <laughs> I, think, I think we should. I'm going to call my boss and say, take this job and shove it. I think, I think the best parts of the podcast are when we just stop to take a moment and appreciate how good the podcast is. I reckon our <laughs> listeners love that. <laughs> Top 10 agony art moments are made up of us going, this is really good. This is is gold. It's content. All right. Well, before we go into that, I think we'll end the episode there. (laughs) Uh, That is all we've got time for today. Please check out the episode notes or agonyartpodcast.com to find links to all the media we mentioned and for a link to the Agony Art Spotify playlist where you can listen to some of the songs. If you've got a problem you'd like us to attempt to solve, you can reach us on our group Instagram and Twitter accounts at Agony Art Podcast or on the submissions page on our website. I would like to thank our resident Agony Aunts for their contributions. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more problems to muddle our way through and more entertainment for you to check out. See ya. Bye. But I'd suggest keep it light Cause their advice can't be shite And they won't be held liable Oh no, not at all Not here at Agony Art